أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها السماوات والأرض وعدت للمتقين الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاظمين الغيظ والكاظمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين والذين إذا فعلوا فاحشة أو ظلموا أنفسهم ذكروا الله فاستغفروا لذنوبهم ومن يغفر الذنوب إلا الله ولم يصروا على ما فعلوا وهم يعلمون أولئك جزاؤهم مغفرة من ربهم وجنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها ونعم أجر العاملين رب اشتح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحسل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله ثم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن شاء الله تعالى We're going to be briefly studying ayat number 133 to 136 of Surah number 3 And yesterday as we were talking about forgiveness and the importance of forgiving others and the value of it We're going to turn the tables and seek forgiveness ourselves Inshallah ta'ala and the, this passage in particular represents one of my favorites personally because Allah Azza wa describes a people and before He describes them, He tells them to run towards Jannah and when He's done describing them, He describes that they're the ones who get Jannah. So the passage is sandwiched between two ayat that both describe Jannah and in between are these people. So you can imagine these qualities are not a small matter. They're a big deal in the Qur'an, these characteristics that Allah Azza wa is about to mention. So he says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مَنْ رَبِّكُمْ Rush or run towards the forgiveness from your Lord. وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And towards a garden or a jannah whose real estate, whose size, whose expanse is that of the heavens and the earth. وَعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That has been prepared, well prepared for those people who have taqwa, the muttaqeen. And in these few ayat, Allah will describe some features of the muttaqeen. What makes them muttaqeen? And He says, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ The first feature. They are people who spend when it's easy and when it's difficult. They spend when it's easy and when it's difficult. You know, spending when, you, when it's easy is actually goes without saying. When you get a bonus or you get businesses doing really well, and you call your mother and you say, Mom, business is going really well. She says, you know, you should be grateful, give some sadaqah. Or your father will say, make sure you feed some people, you know. Just as a, gratitude, a show of gratitude that, you know, things are good right now, right? So people tend to have this attitude when things are good. But when things are bad, we feel as though when we give, what's going to happen is we're not going to get it back. Or when we give, we're already in a tight situation. Inshallah, when things get better, then I will give. But the people who really have taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal. First of all, when يتقلاه يجعل له مصرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, whoever has taqwa of Allah, Allah makes a way out for him and provides him from where he couldn't even imagine. 
But he also says, وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ يُوَفَّ إِلَيْكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَتُظْلَمُونَ Whatever good you spend, it will be refunded to you. It will be given back to you. And you will not be wronged. وَأَنْتُمْ لَتُظْلَمُونَ And the Messenger wasallam, he promises us that the mal, the money, it cannot experience any loss because of sadaqah. When you give sadaqah, it is impossible that your money will experience loss. And this is the promise of the Messenger wasallam. Now, you know, I, I know tons and tons of stories of brothers who will give sadaqah, or who will give, and this, even from my personal experience, I know. Right? People will give a certain amount of sadaqah and they will remind themselves, وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرًا يُوَفَّ إِلَيْكُمْ Whatever you're going to give, it will be returned to you. And they will find a few days later, a few weeks later, just soon after, they get a bump in the business, or they get a contract, or they get somebody giving them a gift or something like that, and it's in the amount or more than they had given in sadaqah. All because they believed in Allah Azza wa and they knew the promise of Allah, Allah will not let it go away. This money that you're giving is not going away, it will be returned to you, and more. So we have to have this confidence in Allah. And really when things like this, you experience them, this strengthens your iman. So giving in the sake of Allah is actually an, an opportunity to become more conscious of Allah's presence. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says the first thing, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي Those who spend in times of ease and times of difficulty. And especially in times of difficulty is what's being highlighted here. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ Now here Allah Azza wa Jal switches in, in the syntax of the ayah, he says, يُنْفِقُونَ But he doesn't use a fi'il for the people who suppress anger. He says, وَالْكَاظِمِنَ الْغَيْبِ It's an ism, ism fa'il being used. What this implies is, and the simple translation would be, the people who swallow their anger. The people who swallow their anger. The next characteristic, وَالْكَاظِمِنَ الْغَيْبِ First of all, the important thing to understand is swallowing. When you're chewing on something and you close your mouth, like you're chewing on an apple and you close your mouth, there's some swelling in your mouth, isn't it? So I could see there's something still there. But if you swallowed what you're eating, can I see that something's there? It's gone. So now there's one thing to try to hold your temper. You're angry, but there's still this look on your face. Right? Or you're... You know, you take a deep breath or something. Or you take a walk. There's an expression of anger. But the people Allah is describing here are people who... Swallow, completely suppress their anger, so you don't even know anything is there. And because the ism is used, they do this often. They do this over and over and over again. So the opportunities for them to get upset, as soon as they come up, immediately they respond, and they swallow their anger as though nothing is wrong. So their wife, or their children, or their friends, or the brothers, don't even have a chance to ask them, something's wrong? Are you okay? It doesn't even come to that point, because they can't even see it on their face. And then he says, nas." On top of this he adds, those who lovingly forgive people. Afin also over and over. Now forgiveness is of two kinds. You know, you could forgive somebody while insulting them. Like if one of you was mean to me the other day, I could turn around and say, by the way, you were mean to me the other day, I forgive you. You're not so bad. Inshallah ta'ala, Allah will forgive your sin and I forgive you too. I do that in public. I'm not forgiving him. What am I doing? I'm insulting him. Right? Even if you go up to somebody and say, by the way, you were pretty bad to me last year, but you know what? I forgive you. <laughs> this is a show of arrogance. Or you want to pick another fight. <laughs> what do you mean you forgive me? It is me who should be forgiving you. <laughs> so, you know, it just takes up from there. But really, truly forgiving someone, it happens in private. When you make dua for yourself, do you make dua for this person? That's when you know you've forgiven them. 
You know, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One time he was upset with some Sahaba. In the same surah it appears, some Sahaba disappointed him. So now the Messenger is obviously upset sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And so the ayat come down, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ It is from the mercy of Allah that you are lenient towards them. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظًا قَلْبًا لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ If you were hard-hearted and harsh and stern, they would have run away from you. What is the ayah saying? The sahaba would have run away from who? From the messenger wasallam. Allah didn't say if you didn't tell them the truth. He would still be telling them the truth. He would still be giving them Qur'an. The only difference is he would have been harsh. And even though he had the truth, people still would have run away. The Sahaba would have run away from him. So what does he tell him? فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ Then you forgive them. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ And ask Allah to forgive them too. So this is Allah's sunnah of, the, of a leader. When he forgives someone, not only does he forgive them, he does the next step. What is that step? He asks Allah to forgive them too. In his, in his private moment, he asks Allah to forgive them. So you want to gauge if you've forgiven, truly forgiven someone, will you be making dua for them when you're alone? If you find yourself making dua for them, then there's nothing in your heart left. But if you forgive, you say you forgive them, but when it comes to making dua, I kinda, I'll skip over that one. I'm not there yet. Then you really have, there's still something left. But afu means there's nothing left. You've completely, lovingly forgiven them. So the next thing is, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And then Allah says, وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And those, and Allah loves those who excel in their deen. So these few characteristics in this one ayah, the first characteristic was, they spend when it's easy and when it's difficult. That was number one. Number two was they suppress their anger. And they suppress it continuously, meaning that every time the opportunity comes, they immediately suppress it. And third, they forgive lovingly in regards to people. They're very forgiving in regards to people. And I want to make a, you know, a comment, just a personal observation when it comes to this third characteristic in Muslim community, especially the religious Muslim community. A lot of times, Muslims, they hear a person speak, give a talk or give a speech, and they don't belong to the same school of thought, or they don't belong to the same understanding or ideology, and they'll say, you know that guy, you shouldn't listen to him, he's a deviant. Because you know what he said in 1997? And in that one speech at that conference, I remember what he said, and I actually recorded him, and I've got the MP3 proof right here. <laughs> right? We're not forgiving of people. We're very harsh against people. And you know, we ourselves, we say things that we regret. I've said a lot of very retarded things that I look back and I wish that Allah, to Allah I never said them. And that Allah forgive me, and the people who I said it to, they forgive me. How do you know, even if the person was blatantly wrong, blatantly wrong, how do you know they're still on that? How do you know they didn't make tawbah? How do you know they didn't change their mind? People change their mind all the time. I know scholars that I love, that I admire, that were a different person ten years, ten years ago than when they are now. What they used to say 10 years ago is not what they're saying now. They're completely different people. So we, you know, as Muslims, we have to be more forgiving than that. And this is a characteristic of the Muslim. On top of that, there's one more serious matter here. You know the people that write these blogs and these, you know, these forums where they're bashing scholars and they're bashing institutions and they're doing all, all this sort of stuff. How do you know what this person is worth to Allah Azza wa Jal? How do you know? And this person may be close to Allah and you are hard, you're, you're bad-mouthing him and so Allah is taking all of your good deeds and handing it to them on the Day of Judgment. You're just doing them a favor, right? So, وَلَعَافِينَ عَلَى النَّاسِ is an important principle for the Muslim community. But of course it stems from anger, right? So the first part is important, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ Those who suppress the anger. And another, again, personal comment. You know, Alhamdulillah, this time around we, we didn't experience the drama that we usually do around the coming of a new moon sighting. 
But in acts of ibadah, in things that, are, that pertain to worship, the Muslim community gets so angry and so frustrated, people separate from other people from masajid. And make their own masjid or go and separate and make their own faction in their own community simply because what? Well, they pray 20 and we pray 8. It's not even a matter of fard. And the anger is so high, like this is a matter of halal and haram. And the tragedy is, these are people that are arguing over these things while they have mortgages at home. And their children are taking like college loans of like 13% interest. But that's okay. We can't pray 8 for a week, we have to pray 20. Or we can't pray 20, we have to pray 8. Come on, get real. You know, so there's a lack of priority. And all of it comes from just this, this you know, this, this state which excites your anger and doesn't let you think clearly. So the, the second characteristic, those who suppress the anger. And the third, who are forgiving in regards to people. And Allah loves those who excel in their deen. May Allah make us from them. Then he says something really peculiar. And this is what really catches one's attention. Allah Azza wa is talking about people who earn paradise. He says, run towards forgiveness and jannah. And he's describing people now, listen to the explanation. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً The people who if and when they had committed a shameless thing. They had done something shameless, something lewd, something vulgar. Now a fahisha can be in words, a fahisha can be from your eyes, a fahisha can be a deed, right? Or you're going towards someone or something. It can be any of those things. But it's something shameless, something that you do to fulfill a lust. This is a fahisha. Allah is describing people who go to Jannah, and he's talking about people who commit a fahisha. And then he adds, أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ Or they wrong themselves. They did something wrong against themselves. So fahisha is when you do something because you are overwhelmed by lust. And ظُلْمْ عَلَى النَّفْسِ is something you do and it doesn't bring you any worldly benefit, but you do it anyway. Like riba, backbiting against someone, or lying, or jealousy, right? These sorts of sins that Muslims engage in that don't bring them any benefit, but they engage in them anyway. So he says, those who commit this kind of fahisha, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on television, whether it's going down the street, whether it's when they were commuting and they looked at a billboard, right? Whether it's on the train, whether it's at the workplace, it doesn't matter where it is. If they committed it and they did something wrong against themselves, Allah says, uh, you know, He says, he doesn't even say, ثُمَّ ذَكَرُ اللَّهِ or فَذَكَرُ اللَّهِ Then they remembered Allah, or thereafter they remembered Allah. It's simultaneous. As soon as they did something wrong, they remembered Allah. They mentioned Allah. Now this is very, very difficult to do. You know why? Because in life, think about it, if you're in a class, or you're at work, and you get late to work, or you're in, you know, uh, you're in a classroom, and the teacher has started the lecture already, you walk in late to class. You know the number one thing you do, most students do? They avoid eye contact. Right? You, you kind of pretend like you didn't see the teacher and you kind of quickly wait, make it your way to the seat and you just sit down and you pretend like you're part of the audience. Right? You don't want to cause any attention because you're embarrassed. When you walk in late to work, you kind of sneak into your <laughs> cubicle without drawing too much attention. Right? And then eventually you come up to the boss and he says, when did you get here? And you say, oh, 20 minutes ago. What are you talking about? You know? So there's this thing when we disappoint someone, we avoid meeting with them. We avoid talking to them. We avoid contact with them. And Shaitan, I was referring to the ayat 180, no, 133 to 136. So now Shaitan uses this against us. Here we are, we have disappointed not our boss or our teacher or our parents, we've disappointed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By the way, this nature even applies to children, right? They get a bad, bad card and they come home, you won't even hear the door open. 
right? It'll be very slow, and they'll close it, and all of a sudden you hear a door slam, and they're, they're in their room, and they're sleeping, <laughs> right? Because they want to avoid contact with the one that they've disappointed. Now, when Allah speaks about these shameless things, or this nafs, these sins, who have we disappointed? We've disappointed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So shaitan comes to you and says, oh, you're going to go pray now? After all this, these hideous things you've done, you call yourself a Muslim? You're going to go back to Allah and pray, you hypocrite? Or you want to go to the masjid now? You should be ashamed of yourself. What kind of double life are you leading? And these thoughts start running in your mind. And you say to yourself, you know what? Yeah, I'm a total hypocrite. I, shouldn't, I can't even stand in front of Allah now. I can't even pray now. So he uses your sin against you to make you think, I can't stand in front of Allah now. I'm too embarrassed to go in front of Allah now. Now Allah Azawajal says, immediately they mention Allah, and they ask forgiveness from their sin. But then he adds something. He says, وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الْذُنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Who's going to cover this sin? Who's going to forgive this sin? Except Allah. Where are you going to go? If you're going to run away from Allah, it's still not covered, it's still exposed. You want the sin to be covered, the one who covered it, the ghafir al-dham, who is he? It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've got nowhere to run. You know, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى But if you look at the simple example of a child, you know, one time I saw this, it got stuck in my mind. I was at the mall, and this was of course in Saudi, because it wouldn't happen here. Uh, I was at the mall, and this child is like misbehaving in the store. So the mother gives him a nice old spank, right? And his bum, and he's crying. But where does he go? He runs back to the mother, Mom. She's like, leave me alone. Mom, he's stuck to her. <laughs> he's not going anywhere else. Because he knows the only protection he has is where? Everybody else is a stranger. The only one he owes is the mother. Even if she's mad at him, he's still going to the mother. Now this is just some mother and a child. And this mother will forget her child on the Day of Judgment. Here we're talking about us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we disappoint him, where are you going to go? Who are you going to run to? وَمَنْ dunuba. Allah. And then he adds one condition. You see, Allah is describing people who make it to Jannah. And He describes people who do sins. Sometimes shameless sins. Right? Which one, one thing it tells us is, if we've done those things, we still have hope. That's one thing. If we can fulfill the condition, we mention Allah, and we ask forgiveness for our sin. But then He adds one more condition. And He says, وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ They don't insist upon what they had done. They don't insist upon what they had done. And this is important to understand. You do something really bad. You're embarrassed about it. You mention Allah. You make istighfar. You say you're not going to do it again. You make tawbah, right? But in the back of your mind, you say to yourself, well, in a couple of weeks, I'll probably be doing this again. Good thing there is tawbah. You know? <laughs> so, so you go do it again, and then you make tawbah again, and you ask Allah to forgive. You shed a couple of tears. You say, and in the back of your mind somewhere, you're looking forward to two weeks later. Because it's a cycle in your head, right? If you've already committed, you've already defeated yourself. You have this defeated mentality that you are going to sin. Let's make tawbah, but it's a cycle, we'll come back to it, right? Then this doesn't apply, because Allah says, وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا But then on the other hand, there's another type of person. There's a type of person who genuinely, genuinely makes tawbah. Genuinely mentions Allah and asks Allah to forgive. But then we're human beings. Sometimes we make the same sin again, it happens. It can happen. But it didn't happen because it was in the back of your head that I am going to do it. You just fell into it much, much later by accident. Right? And you got overwhelmed one time and you fell into the sin again. This is not what Allah Azza wa is talking about. You should make istighfar again and not give up and say, well, I'm not, I don't apply here because I insisted on my sin. No, no, no. This is for the people who intentionally insist on their sin. And what's the proof of that? Allah says, وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they know 
They have full knowledge that they're going to do this. You know? And so Allah Azza wa Jal speaks in Surah An-Nisa about these people, about Tawbah. وَلَيْسَتِ التَّوْبَةِ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ In the first ayah Allah says, إِنَّمَا التَّوْبَةُ عَلَى اللَّهِ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السُّوءَ بِجَهَالَةِ Allah has made tawbah mandatory on himself for people who make any, who do an evil thing out of over-emotion. Out of ignorance and over-emotion. ثُمَّ يَتُوبُونَ مِنْ قَرِيبٍ Then they make tawbah soon after that. فَأُولَيْكَ تُوبُ اللَّهُ عَيْهِمْ and next, Ali says, "Please say tawbah. Tawbah is not that bad. It happens. For people say over and over. And then Allah said, "So it happened one time, one sin. Sayyat is the plural, so they do it over and over, right? And then Allah said, 'Hatta idha hadha hadhum until death presents itself to one of them, qala inni tawbatul an. He says, 'I'm a tawbah now. When death comes to him, he says, 'I'm a tawbah. Allah says, tawbah is no good for these people. Like it's not the next group of people. وَلَلَّذِينَ يَمُرُونَ وَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ Nor is tawbah any good for people who died and they were kuffar. Allah puts two people in the same category. People who do sin, and the only time they will make tawbah is when one foot is in the grave. That's when they make tawbah. And the same, these people are in the same situation as the kuffar who die and they're kafir. Their tawbah is no good, and these people's tawbah is no good. So when we make tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jal, we have to be Sincere. When we ask this forgiveness, we have to be sincere. What we learn from this is, the people who are guaranteed Jannah will sin. They're not going to turn into angels, they will sin. But it is what happens after the sin that will determine whether they are from the people of Jannah or not. They immediately mention Allah. And imagine, if you immediately mention Allah, wouldn't you be ashamed? If you're doing something hideous and you mention Allah's name, wouldn't you be ashamed? You'd be put ashamed right away and you'd ask Allah right away. And istighfar would be genuine. It would be from the heart, because otherwise, you know, when we say astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, and we, have, we don't even realize why we're saying it. It's not real istighfar. You, when you ask someone, when you say sorry to someone, and you don't look sorry, and you don't feel sorry, then you're not really sorry. But in those cases, when you immediately mention Allah and ask Allah to forgive, then you're genuinely sorry. That's real istighfar. May Allah grant us the ability to make that real istighfar. And I conclude with the ayah that then, which is the discussion of Jannah. Ula'ika jaza'uhum maghfirah. Those are the people, their payback is forgiveness. And then he says, him from their Lord, And it's multiple gardens from the bottoms of which, at the foots of which, rivers are flowing. And what an awesome reward for people, or of the, the people of, of work. The reward of the workers who do work. One subtlety that I'd like to share with you, inshaAllah, and we close. In the first ayah, Allah says, سَارِعُوا إِلَى مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ he says, run to forgiveness and towards Jannah. How many gardens does he mention? One Jannah. The ayat that conclude, he says, أُولَٰئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ if you, if you reach this, if you fulfill these requirements, then the payback is مَغْفِرَ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ Forgiveness. But then جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ What's he offering now? Not Jannah, but Jannat. So the incentive even goes higher. Because Allah is expecting these things from the believers. And these are things all of us can achieve. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of Jannah. Make us, may Allah make us from the people who He says, Ni'ma ajrul amilin. How awesome the reward of those who get to work. May Allah azza wa put us to work for His sake. Barakallahu alaykum. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.